Hey everyone, and welcome back to another week with the HLP. This week is one of those big weeks for the HLP crew. So if you are not already aware because you only listen to this show, this week we have a release on our Patreon show, Link Legacy. We're currently playing through the Malevolence module. If you're interested in listening to that, go ahead and recommend that you subscribe to our Patreon of the $5 and up tier. The other thing that comes out this week, in addition to this episode, is actually tomorrow we have the Bestow Curse uh, podcast episode coming out. So that would be episode 31 of the Bestow Curse podcast. And that is our 2E conversion of Curse of the Crimson Throne. So if you're interested in either of those things, go check it out. It's one of those big weeks for us, and we hope that you enjoy all the content that we're able to put out. With that, I will welcome you into episode 203. Ay, Dios mios. Do you like liquor and things that go boom? Then buckle up, listener, because this one's for you. Prepare yourself for the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hideous Laughter Podcast, episode 203. I had to think about that for a second. Mm, we're getting up there. <sighs> yeah, can't believe it's three past 200. Wow. Too much. Guys, we can't do this again for another episode past 200. We gotta, we gotta keep doing it. We just can't to, keep doing this. Like, just to keep our, we're gonna make we gotta it. keep our momentum we're up, Haley. Barely keep our in momentum the rear up. view. Barely in the rear view. Yeah. <sighs> Even though we did that several months ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to be back. Steve, what you drinking? I got a couple different drinks in front of me, Griffin. Thank yeah. you for asking, by the way. Yeah, it's like a jungle over there. Yeah. More ways than one. Oh, gross. I have a big old tall boy of hams that I'm drinking. Then I'll be rolling into a truly orange peach fuzz. I mean, fizz. And then after that will be a bang hard tea, superb sweet tea flavor. I don't know if I'll get to all of them this episode, but we'll see. Hopefully. All right. Brooks, you got anything? I've got got some H2O. Uh, I forgot my aha at home. Uh, I was disappointed. Uh, Your aha, is that a? It's a new seltzer, uh, not seltzer, just carbonated water. Aha, uh-huh. yeah, you know, it, it really did give me an aha feeling. Forgot a lot of stuff at home, bud. Mm, yeah, but <laughs> we're just I glad you made it here. But not everything. <laughs> not everything. Not everything. Look, we gave Brooks a challenge, which was remember a laptop because we're playing remote. Hmm. Hmm. Because last time he didn't have one. Mm-hmm. And he has his laptop. That's right. Yay. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> maybe like the basic, the other basic part of playing uh, might have been, you know, a little bit of an oversight sometimes, on this guy's part. Yeah. Sometimes things have to go by the wayside in order to remember those laptops, Brooks, like character sheets and um, the bare essentials of the game. Yeah. <laughs> He only has so much capacity, guys. Right. And I, I realized we were we were taking up like four of your six cores getting the laptop here. So mm-hmm. I'm just I'm glad we managed. He's got a lot on the wow. plate. You know, giving me six cores is a real compliment. Thank you. 
<laughs> Say a lot for an AMD gym set. <laughs> Six quarters. Well, yeah. Uh, bare essentials just as, uh, yeah. Just barely getting by. Yeah. Yeah. Emily, you got anything over there? I am drinking a truly pineapple tonight. Mm. Nice. Oh, it's very good. I, I like. I like that now that Emily is remote, she like shows everything off like she's Vanna White. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't know what a truly looks like, so I have to what, show it. What could that can art look like on that truly? <laughs> Whoa. Give it a twirl. Guys, I think she's lying. <laughs> Let's make sure she points, make sure she shows the truly on the camera. Haley, you got anything? Yeah, unfortunately. Um I have water in my cup uh but so yesterday yeah yesterday was friday i uh asked steve to please get me a white claw i didn't know that we had white claw surfs at all in our house mm-hmm. otherwise i would have been a lot more specific so i have a tropical pomelo smash in my defense i brought that up 24 hours ago yeah I, and I didn't drink it because it looked horrible, and I know that they aren't good, but this is now the only one I have up here. Wait, you, you saved that? I didn't drink it yesterday. Oh, God, you guys are disappointments. I, Steve, you're, you're fine. Thank you. Emily, you're doing okay. It's, <laughs> it's gross, and I wanted something that tasted good. Speaking of someone that does taste good, hey, it's me, Griff, the GM of the Hideous Laughter podcast. Pretty excited about your drink today, right? Uh, so I got a, <laughs> I got a, I got a truly uh, kiwi mojito style as my sidecar, which mm-hmm. I've already broken into because I need breaks between this lovely beverage that I got uh, from Trey. It's called Ploro, or however I, I don't know. It's got the what are the dots over the O called? It's got it's got those over both those. So who it's fucking not, knows what this word umlaut, is? Is it? I thought that was over a U. I have no idea. Mm. I have no idea. Right. Well. May as well be written in hieroglyphs for me. <laughs> so the way this works is sanitize a coin. Thank you for specifying to sanitize it. Um, I did. And put it in a coffee cup. Pour in coffee until the coin is no longer visible. Then pour in vodka until you can see the coin again. Don't use a penny or dime and don't swallow the coin. Okay. So <laughs> so we we did this. We we looked. We uh it wasn't a lot of coffee before the quarter became invisible. Quite a bit of vodka and you still couldn't see the quarter. <laughs> uh, I this isn't the first game I have to run tonight, so uh I didn't take it all away. <laughs> this is this is a fucking stupid drink tray. Come on. It, Who drinks this? This is this has got to be a three to one vodka to coffee ratio to see the coin. We we what? had a strong debate over like how much actual vodka it would take, and the color nearly didn't change at all. Yeah. So anyway, I've got um, I've got that, and I'm I'm drinking it, and I'm sure at some point during this fucking episode, the coin's gonna like hit me in the teeth. <laughs> Mm. Make sure you call it out when when it does. Yeah, you'll hear the click on the mic. But I, I did leave the coin in, so we'll see when that happens. I'm gonna try this at a bar one day. I'm gonna walk up and say, "Hey, bartender, 
Sanitize a coin. Put it in a coffee <laughs> cup. Why don't you start <laughs> pouring coffee? No, no, no. You gotta, you gotta flip him a coin. Sanitize, sanitize that for that me, Barkey. <laughs> I was gonna say he might pull one out of his pocket and not sanitize it. <laughs> Rub it on the bar. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's sanitized. Rub it. Just yeah. Barkeep, this has to be done in a coffee mug. Do you have one of those? <laughs> Can't be a clear <laughs> container. You'd see the coin from the bottom. Don't be silly. Can't use a clear mug. Can't be clear. You can see it from the bottom. This seems perfectly reasonable. There's light pollution coming in from the sides. Oh my god. Ah, uh-uh, I can still see the coin. <laughs> Ooh, the treasure at the bottom is not yet concealed. <laughs> you know what? If I can, and at the end, if I can, if I, if I can't read the state that the quarter is from, there's not enough alcohol in it. (laughs) I need to be able to see the little number or letter that shows what mint it's from. (laughs) This reminds me of the, uh, I think it was like a, a college drinking game where you were supposed to, um, you had you had beer and vodka and you passed the drink around and you were supposed to pour vodka in after, after somebody drank uh-huh. uh, to the point where it became like see-through and then or more see-through than beer. Like it had to be like kind of clear. And then you would pass it around and pour beer in until it became all beer. Oh, you played that at college because I read about that in a wildest drinking no, 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 games no. around the world listicle. Yeah, yeah. I, di- I didn't play it in college, but it was <laughs> oh. some, it was something that was spoken of. Gee, dear God. The, the only time Basically that I ever pack. have mixed alcohol and beer like that was playing like boom cup or, uh, and then there were a couple in the middle that were also filled with alcohol. Ooh, Ooh. ooh. I did this once before. And I've got a pretty bad story about it. So um, when I was living with Tim, we had two of our buddies come from out of state to party for the weekend. And we played this drinking game while watching Project Runway, where we were betting on the contestants in the show. And three out of the four of us had contestants in the bottom three. And the rules that we had set up, basically by the end, we had to, we, at the very end, we all had to take two shots of vodka and chug a hams. So we all decided to create the Russian hams grenade, which is bomb two shots of vodka into a pint of hams and chug it like a Jaeger bomb or something. And all three of us did it. And I can't remember what the placements were. But somebody ran and vomited in the sink. Somebody ran and vomited in the bathroom. And I ran and vomited in the trash can. <laughs> bad times. One drink? Three Good out times. of three would recommend. <laughs> yeah, check it out, guys. Good times. <laughs> three out of four drinkers recommend the Russian hands grenade. I think we were, we were using Kamchatka vodka. That, that, that tracks. Yeah, yeah, that tracks with, with hams. Yeah. Yeah. Better be and, careful. That's going to end up on the, on the drink poll now. The Russian hands grenade. Yeah, somebody, somebody mm. is going to suggest that's that. That's a bad boy list if I ever heard it. <laughs> we don't, uh, we don't need him throwing up in the studio. Yeah, we'll have to do that one on a weekend. I'm not doing that on a weeknight. <laughs> yeah, thank God we pushed this episode back to the weekend so I could drink my 60-40 vodka <laughs> coffee drink. Uh-uh-uh. 
two percent coin. Oh, yeah, I forgot for the I forgot the coin share. <laughs> Are you gonna drink the coin though? It's just it's giving it flavor. Well, that's um that's that's the other part of the game. You have to drink until the coin disappears, and then you have to. Make uh, the coin disappear. Then you have to make the coin reappear. <laughs> Drink until the coin reappears. Oh my god. Alright, can we like move on? <laughs> you can do it one of two ways. <laughs> you got options. <laughs> Neither are pleasant. HLP does not recommend that anybody ingest coins. Unless or or Russian hands grenades. Right <laughs> <down. laughs> Unless they are sanitized first. Or Ploro, honestly. <laughs> being honest, listeners, don't drink this drink. Because we we tamed it down. I can't imagine. I mean, it was a dark roast, but like you guys saw that. I poured mm. basically the whole travel sized absolute into that. And it was like a splash of coffee, too. Mm-hmm. It didn't make a dent in the in the color yeah it, the coin was still completely invisible so i can only imagine how difficult that game is but we don't have to do a roll off because uh we're doing two episodes back to back so we did that already that's right no spoilers bro. That's, that's right okay I thought, I thought you were trying to whisper sweet nothings to the listeners about who potentially won the goblet but we do we know but we're not we they find out next episode yeah, how else are they gonna know to come back for 204 <laughs> It's it's not that it's four episodes past two hundred. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, we're gonna be shocked that we made it to two hundred four. Everybody knows in podcasts God that have gone past two hundred episodes that that two hundred four is really the sweet spot. So we just got over the hump. We just gotta make it there, guys. Yeah, I got a I got a card from one of the listeners, and it was like. Um, you know those over the hill cards? Yep. It's like two oh third episode recording. <laughs> <laughs> Almost over the hill, old guy. God damn it. All right. <laughs> so we're not gonna talk about who won? No, we'll do it next time when you find out who won, Haley. But normally this is the episode that we'd say about it. Is it? Yeah. Cause we normally roll right now and find that out, but we already rolled. Okay. Well, Okay. We all we all know you won. It's super disappointing. For I d- yeah, I, I really disappointed this week. Super disappointing. It was digital, so I'm calling yeah. it into question. Fumbled in the fourth <laughs> quarter, and let I- me tell you, the boys call us origami because all we do is fold <laughs> under pressure. <laughs> you know, maybe it's the pluro talking, but I'm fucking sick of it. I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of the the job uh, we've been doing. And you won last time. Yeah, and I'm the only one that's represented for five months, Haley. It's been a dry season. We're, we're fucking the like 2018 Browns. I, I don't understand that joke. Like zero wins. Oh. <laughs> An 0 12 season. We may as well be the fucking Dolphins right now. Mediocre. It's not zero wins. You Mediocre, are. Haley. <laughs> Mediocre. And it's summertime, so it's hot as Miami. Okay. When last we left our heroes, they explored the burnt remnants of the nobleman's stitch, and they found that presumably Ed Turner had stone shaped the entrance to the basement area. When they went down, they found some uh some vampires that were still hidden there uh, in wait in case somebody came uh, snooping 
However, uh, I think that was maybe your first successful vampire fight in terms of vampire fights. Like, the, went off without many hitches at all. Probably because I've given you so many extra characters just to get through this part. I thought you were saying it was our first vampire fight. No, 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 no. Just the first one where you didn't absolutely blow. It was Eclipse's mm. first vampire fight. Okay. Maybe she was the what turned the tide. So you fought those vampires, you found some gear on them, and then you found another hidden room. And this had some of Turner's uh, stuff in it. It has his journal. It had some evidence of, um, well, it actually had bodies, staked vampire bodies that he had been shipping off to a place called the Abbey of St. Lemirin. And you realize that that is likely where he has gone. And this is where we must go. It is where you must go. Uh, you avoided a room with mimics in it, and uh, you pretty much explored the rest of this underground. And that's where we find you now. It appears our path is clear. We must move forward to this abbey and finish what we have started. He is a... This brewing very uh, leader and needs to absolutely be abolished. Uh, yeah, so I do think um, we should just head that way. Is there anything else we need to grab uh, before we run out of here? I think you had discussed maybe wanting to give this evidence to the vampires in the underground as well. But you could certainly do that. All right. If you could turn into gaseous form, you could get to the underground right from here. Mm. I could do that as a clipse. Yeah, but the tunnel's too long. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately it's a it's a really long tunnel. How long does your gaseous form last? I don't know. It's a potion from Harrowstone. Mm, probably not long enough then. Anyways. Likely too short. I know. I've I've I, I get it. So then let's I guess go back up and um presumably, you know, Larry and Sajira unless they left us, would be waiting out by that door he couldn't fit through. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the old lair bear, uh, unfortunately, far too broad to fit through these tunnels. Pretty broad. All right. Well, then if we go up, he's there? Certainly, yeah. He and Sejira are there. Oh, but he's not big. Oh. Larry, Sejira, did you observe anything odds while we were poking around down there? Uh, n- nothing but um, townsfolk putting out the fire. Uh, nobody left the building, if that's what you were worried about. It was pretty burnt down when we got here, though. He, um, the firefighters have said that it, um, this was likely arson. As we suspected. That was a quick investigation, then. You can see, like, they're kind of pouring through the ashes of the, of the, and the kind of burnt frame of the building. Would there be anything that we want to recover from this place? I don't know. I mean, there were some cool, like, clothes in there, but they're probably pretty burnt. I've already got everything I need. Any. Walks over to a crate and does the Captain Morgan pose and shows off the, the Doc dark. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Turner was trying to hide his evidence. 
but we were still able to find something. Some was lost, but at least we can present this evidence. Let's report into Louvric, let him know what we've found and where we are headed. And then we will burn this rat out from the hole he hides in. Well, be careful. I mean, that was, you know, a, a bit rude, you know. He's, I'm, see, when you kind of generalize uh, like that, I'm you know, sorry, we you don't live in holes. No, you are rat folk. Yeah, you no, are elevated. He, he is kind of a rat, though. Mm. Uh, remember, he, he was the one who kept eating all the furniture legs. Yes. And he does that have a propensity a <laughs> for <laughs> cheese. See, this is another thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think we should talk about this. Are you actually lactose intolerant or something? No, it's, uh, see. It, it, so you do like cheese? Well, obviously, everybody <laughs> likes cheese, but there are some rats that don't like cheese. <laughs> He, what he's getting at is some of his best friends are rats. He has uh, he has he has vermin empathy with rats as a rat folk and can speak to rats. We will discuss on our way to to Louvrek. Okay, so you head to the vampire underground um, and bring this evidence to Louvrek, uh, this journal, and um, I guess bodies. Well, the bodies, I think you unstaked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, so oh, they, they, they head back home. They misted. With that evidence, I think uh, Louvric would start preparing to release uh, Ramoskark Minos, um, but would still, you know, encourage you to go catch Turner. Makes sense. And, um, you know, there there is now concern about what else is happening at this abbey. If they're creating the blood brew there, if they're um, you know doing some other nefarious stuff with the vampire blood there, um, clearly this is beyond murders now. This is like vampires being used for who knows what. So potentially even more dangerous. Is there a reason that we want to see Evelyn Mutumbe with your data being probably? Possibly at the Abbey, is there something that we can use to make sure that she is well taken care of and recognizes someone? I mean, wouldn't she recognize her dad? That feels. Well, he has been gone for so long. I mean, there I mean, are probably she's definitely other ways. seen him recently. Interacted with her quite a bit. <laughs> but although maybe she was like drugged up. She she called me daddy several times. <laughs> She's, I forgot to mention when you when you did talk to your daughter, she was like those those uh, early two thousands commercials where she was completely deflated on the couch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't seem uh, like under the influence of something when you talked to her. So then there will not be a problem of making sure that she is coming with us willingly as much as possible. Um, I, I mean, so far from what you guys have told me, uh, I don't know if she's going to come willingly. Regardless, it just sounds like she's on their side. Well, she's hooked on phonics, so <laughs> Turner's got her on the juice. We'll have to be careful when we face her. We'll have to help her, but I don't think she'll come willingly. We just have to remember that she can be brought back to our side. 
So quick question, uh, Matumbe, just curiosity. Um, we've been through a lot together. Mm-hmm. If, um, if, if, if I need to kill your daughter so that she can go back to her coffin post-drugs, uh, is that going to be big, big problem? I mean, she, she does kind of float back, right? I see where you are going with this eclipse, and it, it does pain me to have to consider this as even a possibility, but I would do anything to get her out of the clutches of that madman. Make me a religion check, my tomb Okay. Mm-hmm. 42. You think that what you saw down there was a spot for Turner's coffin and a spot for a smaller coffin, but that's not 100% certain. So you do know that if your daughter's coffin was destroyed in this fire and she gets misted, hmm. she'll have nothing to go back to and will die. I see. There's Whoa, a- what is the process for vampires to get a new cof- coffin like assigned to them? Do they just go pick one up at the department store or is this like... Wow! Have you this ever seen is the Bachelor? To me. How does this happen? It's like that. What? Like the, you've seen the Bachelor, right? No. It's like that. You have to, you know, you go through a process of you start with like sixteen coffins, <laughs> and then you give them roses, <laughs> like sixteen candles. Yeah, sixteen okay. coffins. So you take sixteen nights. You sleep in each one of them, or sixteen mm-hmm. days. Well, yeah, yeah. Unlike the Bachelor, it's pretty. It's not even thinly veiled that you're sleeping with everyone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do the coffins get jealous too? I mean, you, you gotta watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> On further thought, after I thought about religion for a while, uh, there's some reason to believe that small coffin may belong to my daughter, but it is not a sure thing. If we can avoid striking her down, we should. Well, what do you suggest on subduing her in some sort of way? So that she's not an active threat to us? Combat maneuvers, uh, grapple check. Yeah, do we have to, like, worry about making sure she doesn't, you know, bite? I don't, I don't I'm know as much a- how the vampire thing works, but, uh, we probably don't want that, right? Like, if I, if, like, we grab her, is she gonna just start biting the arms? Is there a wand that we have that might be able to suffice in some sort of way maybe a few charges of maybe entanglement yes something like that would work really well I'm trying to remember if I have something like that Uh, you have some capabilities if I recall correctly Matumbe Um, you have Halt Undead which is an option to you now I believe that you have level 4 spells ah yeah I also have the wand of thorny entanglement which doesn't exactly immobilize people. No, it's harmful as well. Uh, <laughs> Hurts people. Doesn't make difficult ter- makes difficult terrain. Um, I could probably get a spell for this, but I, I it would cause us to sleep, and we're probably not trying to do that, so... I will roll this over, too, for, for that big religion check. You had another spell, and you remember researching... When you were, when you were kind of consulting the book, and you were surprised it was there, um, that can turn temporarily an undead creature to a living creature uh like undeath inversion i forget what the exact name of the spell was does she age all at once well no that's not how that spell works but you do you do think it would 
it would make the blood brew act like it does with a living thing instead of like a dead thing. And so that might like, in essence, halt her addiction dependence for long enough for you to be able to, you know, tell her to calm down, tell her to, you know, go to your coffin. Go to your coffin. Think about what you've done. I am your father. I'm your father. Go to your coffin. That is a level five spell. All right. So that might be beyond your capabilities. Not cast. But that's something that Freya can cast. And she does have a level four spell slot open. So if we took the time, she could prepare undeath inversion. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you could like read it from the book. Um, It might not be a spell that you're very familiar with Freya, but like if Batumbe shared kind of some of the some of the information that he has. Telling you for a long time you should read the teachings of Phrasma. Interesting you're now so interested in it. Okay, but here you go. Study. Learn. Adapt. Turn away from Erastal. He... There's nothing he can provide you that Phrasma cannot. I don't think that would be very wise, but I can learn from your wisdom, and I can learn the spell. Hasn't she turned away from uh, Rastel before? And uh, then yeah, she became Yeah, but Phrasma's like, not giving anybody sweet guns. Right, right. <laughs> then she started using a gun. So there is a history. There is a history of her uh, not sticking to the guns. History of heresy. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare the spell and let's get out of here. <laughs> That's All a good right. one. <laughs> Uh, okay, you know that this journey would be rather long uh, by foot. However, Caliphus is a large city, and the Countess Califazo is well known. You you think like even a even a carriage or something would would know the location would know the location of this abbey and be able to take you there uh, relatively quickly. So do we have? Do we call like? For a carriage, the Uber. You could, I cast yeah. lift with a Y. <laughs> I cast lift. <laughs> you cast levitate. No, nope. lift. <laughs> so in um, in one of the main squares of Caliphas, you find like several carriages kind of waiting to take right. people to various parts of the city. Now it's still it's still night, so there's maybe not as many as there. Would be, but um, I think there's one more thing that we need to true up before we head out. This is a rather large group of people, so we might need a lift XL. That being said, even then, Larry's taking up a lot of space. Oh, I think we're gonna. I think. I mean, their carriages—they probably fit what three, four people max. Yeah, we're gonna need two carriages regardless. But but no matter what, I don't think Larry's gonna fit. Right. <laughs> Those horses are gonna have too much strain. Uh, we never really talked about it. Do you want me and Sajira to come with you to the Abbey? Or I can stay here and protect her. We can watch, um, what was his name? A, a, a Divian's house uh, to see if there's any activity or we can... Well, um, I, I know you... You can fight, Larry. We've seen that. But, Sajira, do you have any fighting capabilities? Well, you saw what I can do at the um, 
at the courthouse. Um, I haven't yeah. exactly trained much since then. So crowd can crowd control. Do you remember she's like a level five oracle? Yeah. Okay. The suggestion of watching a Deviant's place was very smart of you, Larry. And I think if there is any further action there, you is there a way that you guys could message us? I I think Sejira might have the magic for that. Yeah, just just watch. Don't smell though, because uh, it's probably getting pretty rank in there by now. That turd I left. <laughs> <laughs> you say to a, a man that has stitched together corpses. <laughs> You're not, too, you're not doing too great yourself there, buddy. <laughs> I hardly even noticed, Larry. I wasn't expecting to be <laughs> insulted. Typical rat behavior. Airbaird is insulted. Rats notoriously love garbage, so he's fine. With the smell. That's why he's fine. Yeah, I didn't want to bring this up earlier, but I did see him rooting around in the dumpster behind the inn. <laughs> yes, there was a body down there. <laughs> <laughs> the Alva. Are you getting hungry for Larry? <laughs> what is that? Is, uh, his little bites all over him. You guys have changed since I met you before. You're making a lot of weird shit, Cameron. <laughs> First of all, Larry, I do not eat table legs. Um, <laughs> the, it's not what they're saying around the city of Califast. The table leg eater. Yeah, course. we actually spread that rumor pretty far, huh? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. If one of if one of you had the rumor monger spell, you'd see Larry's glowing. <laughs> The rumor has spread to him. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> well, well, our Uber uh, Lyft is leaving soon. I think so. <laughs> this is only a couple of minutes away. I, uh, I know someone. They have uh, a bigger carriage and a, a Clydesdale horse. They should be able to take all of you at once. My, my friend who uh, me and Sajira met when we when we came to town, he, he took an interest in um, in me because what I am, I guess. Oh, wait, uh, Larry, that's not always a good thing. Um, did he have, like, good purpose for that? Uh, they, um, they're interested in a lot of, um, a lot of, I guess, magics and, and trinkets and stuff. I, I don't know what they do outside of, uh, Side of running a carriage, but I can introduce you to them, and they can probably take you to the abbey. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, we can do that. Eclipse, like, turns to anyone who's next to her. This could be actually a big concern. Um, Larry's very gullible, which I know you know, Matumbe, but, uh, this uh, could not maybe be great. We will be on our guard. I get to the coin. <laughs> so Larry leads you to a uh, a big carriage um, and there's a figure sitting there that as they see Larry approach they kind of swing down from the driver's position and you hear kind of like a creak as they 
limp over to you. Uh, Mios, it's so good to see you. Uh, these are my friends. They're looking for a ride. The person here kind of, you, you see they're covered in, they have this long driver's coat, but they're just like covered in baubles and stuff. And they have this, this thick leg brace. It looks like their leg was recently wounded. Uh, well, hello there. My name's Mios. Are you looking for travel? We are indeed. It's a dark night out. Dangerous. You looking to go out of town? Yes. We are headed to the Abbey at St. Ramirin. Have you heard of it? Uh, you have your uh, landmarks confused. Uh, St. Limirin. With an ah, L. perhaps I do have that confused. <laughs> or you are misleading me. The Owned by the... Calafazo family? Ah, uh, yes, I was confused. Uh, yes. There are only so many abbeys outside of Calafaz. But yes, hop in my coach. I can give you a ride. Uh, we'll have to be careful out. There are, well, you've been in this city, I'm sure. There are creatures about. Yeah, yeah. Is that what happened to your leg? Like, what's going on with that? <laughs> Yeah, that's really suspicious that you got a busted leg. <laughs> I'm just worried about our safety if you also are injured. I did get it in an accident on the road. Uh, but... That doesn't reassure me. <laughs> well, it's more my fault. Uh, uh, you have to be careful who you pick up in a city like this. Wait, what? what does that mean? I was attacked by one of my passengers. Oh, okay. Uh, who was your passenger? Just, like, was a one of the minor nobles in town. Several, well, two weeks ago now, he turned into some kind of horrible creature. Uh, busted the crap out of my leg. Did the noble offer a name? Do they have any defining characteristics? And what sort of creature did they turn into? Like an actual creature? Or are you talking creature as in, like, a bad person? Hmm. I think it was what I can only recognize from books as a... I hadn't seen one myself, but I think it was a werewolf. And hey guys, the writer's um, name? Hey, uh... Ekmer wasn't sending anyone here, right? Not that I was aware of, no. He, he definitely would have told me... I'm his best friend, so <laughs> I do not know anything of this. Uh, as far as the name, I, I didn't catch one. I, I assumed because they were heading to uh, a nobleman's party that night that they, they were a noble themselves. But, um, you know, some some of my passengers are quieter than others. Oh, man. Larry also mentions that you... Uh, were very interested in trinkets and other things of that nature. What would he mean by some things like that? He kind of lifts his driver's cloak up and you see underneath holy symbols and, and like bits and baubles. Like, uh, Is anything uh, for sale? <laughs> <laughs> what are you buying? <laughs> <laughs> I this is all uh, my my personal stuff. Um, 
what I use to keep myself safe on on these streets. I actually, um, you know, this sword I I use to fend off the man that attacked me. But I've got holy water in here and garlic and um, all manner of things to keep the creatures of the night at bay. I got another question. How how did you manage to get all those gods to protect you with all those holy symbols? Oh, they're not gods I pray to, but they're uh, powerful religious items. Oh, okay. I I thought somehow you got all those gods on your side. And certainly uh, different beliefs uh, are good against uh, different foes. You can never be too careful. Clips, it seems like they utilize items like you do. I know the power of an item. You know what an occultist is. Yeah. Uh, and you think he's at least something similar. It's also weird that there's an occultist just driving a taxi. <laughs> hey, uh, I know we moved pretty quick past this, but we actually are quite well known in the werewolf community. Could you provide some sort of physical description of the person that attacked you? We, we might know them or know of them. Of where you pick them up from. Yeah, and it would also be really good to know because if he went to a party we uh, and wasn't in control to begin with and attacked you, that does make me a little worried for everyone else at the party. Well, he never did make it to the party. Um, oh, okay, that's reassuring because I was worried we were going to turn into werewolves versus vampires in the city. Right, we were heading to an estate a uh, bit out of town um, and on on kind of the country road there when the moon rose behind the clouds... Uh, he, he had been acting kind of off in the in the cab, and um, and that finally did it. He tore the tore the door off, and um, and whirled on me and my horse. I managed to keep him at bay. My you know my carriage is my livelihood, even though I'm obviously interested in other things. He was a middle aged man, uh, graying at the temples. Besides that, you know, he wore, he wore, uh, you know, fancy attire, like he was going to a party that was torn to shreds, obviously. From what I've heard of vampire or of werewolves, there's, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for them to, to become moon crazed if, if it's their first time changing. So that might've been the case. Is Sajira still with us? Maybe she's with like Larry. Yeah. Sajira, is there any input from you here on this matter? No, Herbert. It's a it's a big, big city. There's, you know, plenty of types of people here. It doesn't does not surprise me that in the biggest city in Ustalav there's a werewolf or two, or someone that's been bitten by one, and she kind of turns her, like, nods yeah, her head at, yeah. at Mia's, speaking of which, um, and she would pull out some, um, some wolfsbane. Mia's, I don't know what you've been using to, uh, try and heal yourself, uh, but if you use some of this flower, it may help. Uh, thank you kindly. I, I'll, I'll take that into consideration. I, um, what is this uh, wolfsbane? And been able to find any of it growing in the city, so I appreciate that. So, uh, exactly how long ago were you bitten? Like I said, um, two weeks. Okay, so do we have we have two weeks for your your first? You have until the next full moon. Okay, yeah. All right, so it sounds like we're gonna be uh, okay. 
tonight. Um, I feel fine. I don't, you know. Oh, we understand that. Thank you. I've been taking matters into you know my own hands. I've been right. um, studying what I can do to uh, solve my problem, and I think I've taken steps in the right direction. Is there a chance that this vampire... He's got Gouda on the brain again. <laughs> Thinking about the cheese. Can't keep his thoughts straight. This werewolf uh, was talking very confidently about himself and was making similar ma- mannerisms of, of that sort. There was... <laughs> My character does not know us anymore. It's funny, you seem to be describing <laughs> someone that I met, called Duristin. There were rumors? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, uh, he, he didn't talk much. Mm. You, well, it's not him then. <laughs> yes, this is not he's him. Haughty yeah. individual. That's not him at all. Um, He's very loud, very full of himself, mm. you know. Very confident, like, yeah. Man, that sounds a lot like this vampire we met. Yeah. <laughs> Real similar. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like they're twins or something. <laughs> so what are you doing? Are you getting this carriage or yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You want to keep talking about a vampire that I, or hey. werewolf that I made up? Um, you know what? Not the weirdest conversation I've had with an Uber driver, but yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So it takes about an hour and a half by uh, by carriage and you know Mias is interested so they do they, they notice that you're adventurous so they do talk to, to you and, and you, you know they are kind of trying to gain knowledge from you they would tell you that like uh, I don't usually get uh, as um, as powerful looking uh, writers as, as the group of you so it's um, it's a privilege to be able to drive you and pick your brain, but you make your way to the Abbey, and uh, Mios would tell you, you know, if you can, if you have a time that you think you would want to be uh, brought back, they can certainly come and and pick you up, or come check on you. Just keep circling the block. <laughs> I mean, it's a little it's a little far out of town for them to like stay. You might be able to pick up a ride around here. <laughs> uh, I'd I'd say probably by by the sun is out when the sun's out. That's a that's a concern. Uh, so pick you up in the morning. Yeah, yeah. We'll, Specifically, once the sun is in the sky. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll tip good. All right. I'll um I'll certainly come by in the morning to to check on you, and you know I'll I'll wait out here for. You know, at least half an hour if you've got business inside. Um, if you have any other way of contacting me, it's certainly open to that as well. But um, if not, I'll I'll swing by. If you're not available, I'll try and find a ride out here. Uh, surge pricing out here is crazy. So <laughs> should be able to you know, pick somebody up. Plus, we have the extended cab. This is, is considered, a, <laughs> considered an XL. I will give you a high review for good conversation. I do appreciate that. You know, word of mouth is really, uh, yes, really how how I make my make my money. No, 
do not forget to also rate the rider. That's important too. Uh, yes, uh, certainly. Yeah, can't forget that. Hmm. Five stars, of course. Uh, right. Yes. So they take off. What does this abbey look like? Yeah. Get it in my sure. head. Yeah. So as you approach here, you kind of follow a road that turns from stone to uh, gravel to dirt. And the dirt road climbs these high bluffs that overlook uh, Avalon Bay. And it leads to a two-story stone abbey connected to a squat carriage house by a tree-lined terrace. An adjoining bell tower rises 60 feet from the southern exposure, commanding a wide view of Caliphas to the south. As you as you kind of disembark, you can see the, the lights... Even in a medieval-esque, post-medieval society, you can still see, like, the candlelight. There's the fires from Caliphas. And you can still make out, like, the faint remnants of the smoke from the fire at the nobleman's stitch. Uh, still kind of sitting heavy in the sky. You had, um, you had traveled several miles north of Caliphas along the coast. Why don't you make me a religion check as you, as you kind of approach the edifice? I would also accept a society. Well, well that, that's too e, my, my dude. We're sorry, a, um, a knowledge local. Are they separate or the same? Uh, it's going to be the same DC okay. and the same information. Eclipse will aid on the religion. Dope. I can I can aid on the local. Raya does not aid. All right. Well, I'm going to roll religion. Sorry, Brooks. I would love to include you, but I can only pick one. Uh, that's going to be 33 total. 33. Well, you know that um, Saint Lemurian was a divine servant of uh, Iomade, and you can see the iconography of Iomade on this uh, abbey, this church. So this is this used to be a place of worship for Iomade. Uh, from the from the greenery and from the um, from the notes that you had gotten from Turner, you you know that this is now a winery that has been purchased by Countess Carmilla Califazzo. But yeah, that's um that's about what you see. You see you can you can kind of see torches and maybe like oil lamps. Again, it's a abbey, so there's not a ton of windows because it's made of like thick stone, but through like the the any openings you can see that there's light. So somebody somebody's home. All right. So uh do we Sneak or, I guess, walk in. Uh, sneaking's not typically something that I do, but I, I mean, sure. I'm not great at stealthing either, but it could be good to get some information before we knock on the front door. Oh, uh, maybe we check for windows or something to look in? Uh, certainly, at least the case the place a little bit. If we get really desperate, I guess I, I, guess I could either send myself or the lapper in and... Some other form. Yeah, there's actually um, no windows on the first floor. Mm. Oh, jeez. But you're on the coast, so as you're as you've been dropped off on this road, you see to your left there's water, uh, moving water, and uh, as you look ahead of you, some way those of you with dark vision, I think Matumbe wouldn't be able to see out this far at night, but there's a dock with a ship at it. To your south, there's a path that um, 
that ends at a double door. This looks like maybe the carriage house where um, where visitors and and residents would keep their uh, horses and that kind of stuff. Um, and going further, you see that the carriage house is not all the way connected. So it's it's kind of like an open part of the building. It doesn't have a door. That's mm-hmm. literally the only area you can see into the building without like opening a door here. But it's not an actual like opening opening where you could potentially go in. You could go in there. There's no door. Uh, what I'm saying is it's kind of like a, how would you describe like, like a, like a breezeway almost. Ah, it's not, okay, it's not okay. like a building building. It's open. Is there are reasons that we should check out the ship here to maybe scope out the other guests that maybe arrived after Tona or before Tona? Uh, sure. Let's. We can do a quick, you know, scope of the boat. Especially if there's no windows, they can't see us out here either. Right. Yeah. That's that's important. Like the you, the light you're seeing is from the second floor. So if there's somebody on the second floor, they may be able to like look down. But it's dark, so yeah. you know you're not you're not super conspicuous. And you come upon a weathered flight of wooden stairs that descends the bluff to a small dock before continuing down to a long wooden pier. Uh, there's a small sailboat that lies moored at the end of the dock. Uh, all right. Um, Any like lights or anything like that around around the dock? No. Okay. Uh, it's it's completely dark. Uh, the only part of it that's not still is kind of the the bobbing of the this small boat and the movement of water. Well, I mean, Rune will run up to the boat and just uh, take a peek in, see if there's anything, you know, of note. Sure. Uh, you find kind of a watertight box. Uh, I will open it. Sure. Uh, it contains um, charts of the waterway between here and Caliphas. Uh, it looks like this boat might be used to go straight to the city. Hey, guys, this is probably someone who actually lives in the city or they live here and they do runs to the city. Um, so if they're here, you know, they'll probably take off with that boat. Hmm. Uh, the other thing you know from Turner's notes is that this is likely the waterway that he brought the bodies uh, to the abbey through. So he he hid it in Caliphas and brought the bodies here via boat. Ah, uh, yeah. Second thought, this is probably Turner's boat. Mm. So we should sink it. Probably at a minimum sabotage, right? Yeah, you know what? Like, yeah, let's fuck with the guy. Fucking sink the boat. How are you gonna sink it? Because, uh... Bash it with the plug. Pull the plug no, at the bottom. Pull the plug. Oh, yeah. Pull the pull plug <laughs> at the bottom of the boat. Yeah. Alright, well, at least uh, pull the rudder out, or pull the, uh... Yeah. Right? Yeah. We can pull like the rudder out from a sailboat and you could like detach the rudder and like toss it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would, that would, yeah, at least make it difficult to use. Yeah. But yeah, anything more destructive, I'm going to say, is probably going to, you know, cause a commotion out here. All right. He's not sailing straight. Or I guess you could like tear the sail too. Like you could like take a dagger. Yeah. Wait, guys. Eclipse could put one of her nodes of blasting on the steering wheel. <laughs> Seems like a totally appropriate and normal use of that, so. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. 
Let's hope your daughter wasn't doesn't want to go back to town. Oh, okay. That won't kill her. She's a vampire. Unless she doesn't have a coffin. Well, it's a chance I'm willing to take. I think it's funny. <laughs> Vampires can still drown, right? Because I think it's funny. <laughs> when you get back from the dock, you do see that there are double doors to the south. And to the east, there is a separate building. Oh. Okay. So, uh, this building is not attached at all to the... Um, oh, it's not. Hmm. What do you all want to do? Do you want to check out this other building? Yeah. All right. So it looks like there's two doors on this side. There's was maybe some doors between the two places. Yeah. As you kind of circle the place, there's a double door on this diagonal. The building kind of has, it's like a, it's a square, but one corner is snipped. Uh, and it's about, let's see. It's about 60 by 60. Okay. It's a pretty sizable building. But yeah, as you as you go around it, you see there is a door on every side of the building. Hmm. Are, do any of the doors look different? Not particularly, no. Or more used? Certainly the double door looks more used. Okay. And the path is wider there. Um, you're not really sure what this building might contain, but um, it it has a double door that's kind of similar to the the carriage house or what you think is the carriage house. So it might contain things that require a double door to go through. Uh, Do we want to like use the road most traveled or, or, or least traveled? I think perhaps we should check this double door out. Um, at the very least, it should not be manned if they usually are looking for a carriage use it when a cart arrives they wouldn't be expecting a carriage to arrive now Uh, I think this is a good idea I think it would be best to open it as quietly as possible just in case there is someone there okay go ahead and um, place your tokens in the order you want to be in and and whoever's opening the door get up to the door I would like to stealth that, that door opening Hey, FYI, guys, just a reminder, if you have runes bonus on, we are not in an urban environment anymore. Mm, good. That's good to know. But Rune has a plus 17 stealth. It's 23. All right. Air bear opening the door. Okay. Didn't mean to move you. 37. <sighs> Dice rolling. You... Open the door. You can go ahead and open one of the doors. Get ready for fighting, guys. Uh, do I just click on that? Yeah. Okay. You see oh, okay. three huge wine casts that dominate the warehouse-like interior of this stone building uh, beneath a vaulted ceiling rising nearly 20 feet overhead. Four wooden vats line the western wall next to a pair of double doors where you are, and five smaller barrels sit on the tiled floor near a similar exit to the southeast, smaller doors exit to the north and south, and there is this eerie green glow dominating the room. And you notice its source. Air bear from where you are, you see two women, but they're made of green fire. And they have noticed you. It's not good. You, you see the one in the back snaps her head towards the door. So one of them 
beat your 37. Oh, no. And I need you guys to roll for initiative. Okay. Okay. All right. Freya. 15. Matumbe. Nine. <laughs> I just uh, toss you to the bottom here. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to be joining me down there. I'll let you guess who. Oh, uh, yeah? What's Quinley got? 14. 14. That's pretty terrible. How about Air Bear? 29. 29. I'll uh, beat both of my initiatives together with room to spare. <laughs> with room to spare. <laughs> run, in, run in laps. <laughs> and Eclipse? 16. How about Rune? 13. Wow. Pretty uh, tight configuration around the fucking bottom, huh? <laughs> Quinley got what, a 14? Yeah. Well, at the start of combat, even though he was seen, it's our bear's turn. Oh, I do need to mention, I totally forgot, Griffin, sorry about this. I forgot that I still need to roll twice and take the worst for my initiative. Okay, so what'd you actually get? Four. <laughs> Bottom of the pack, Ooh. bud. Uh, it's uh, at least, you know what? At least Steve and I staggered one another. Honestly, that's so helpful. I was really <laughs> worried that someone wasn't going to go in between Quinley and Matumbe and Rune uh, picked up the slack. So really glad. <laughs> okay. Air Bear, you're up. You see uh, these green flaming women. And they are actively, ho- they're, they're hostile. Yes. Okay. Uh, one one <laughs> turned right. to you, pointed at the door and they're, you know, the other one then turns to the door, sees that it's cracked open, and sees you. Okay. Um, in that case, Air Bear is going to say, that was not very sneaky of you to <laughs> recognize yourself as recognizing me as I was trying to be sneaky. <laughs> this will be your downfall. <laughs> And he's going to activate his, his challenge against the closest of the two green ladies. Uh, sure. And uh, peer review, most incomprehensible challenge yet. I, I'm trying to stick to the narrative of uh, what I built earlier. Yeah. <laughs> it's going great. It's going great. Um, challenge move up and attack once. Alright. Uh, when you enter the room, you see that there is another one to the south. Okay. Not so sneaky of a start. Uh, 25. 25 to hit? Yes. That does hit. Oh, okay. 33 damage. 33 damage. Uh, you notice like as you swing through, you don't feel anything. Yeah. They are some sort of incorporeal. Matumbi, if there are any ways that you can figure out how we can hit them. All in due time. Let's let some more things happen in this combat before I use my knowledge. <laughs> sure. So, Erbear is gone. It is the Witchfire to the south's turn. Um, it spends its turn kind of gesturing. The next witch fire, seeing our bear um, enter the room, is kind of 
waves her hand and her hand just detaches from her wrist and forms into this ball of green fire and uh, attempts to strike at Air Bear. Oh, mine does that too. <laughs> you got a little hands detachment going on. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that's a 29 against touch. Oh, yeah. That is 34 points of fire damage, and I need you to make me a, uh, let's see, take a save. We'll save. All right. I'm not going to use my, uh, my resolve on this one. Okay. Should have. I definitely failed. Okay. <laughs> like, with a five on the die. Those of you that can see Air Bear see he bursts into green flame. Perfect. Uh, Air Bear, you are sickened, and you are under the effects of fairy fire, uh, so you can't go invisible. But probably more important, uh, you are now vulnerable to fire, and it is the next Witch Flame's turn. It is right next to you. It's going to make an attack at you. Okay. That is a... 21 against touch. No. Okay, so it doesn't manage to hit your touch, um, but you're you're burning. Well, thank you very much, Gravin. <laughs> Freya, it's your turn. What kind of knowledge check would it be for these creatures? Religion. Freya's going to give that a try. Okay. Probably not with an 11. 11 doesn't get you anything. Freya could see Air Bear attack the creature in front of him when he attacked his weapon just like went straight through it didn't seem like the creature was flinched or was hurt at all by it the creature was damaged okay but uh for air bear's sake he didn't like connect with anything solid um and he did shout out about that mm-hmm. so you you would get an idea that these creatures are somehow insubstantial you don't know if that means they're like fully incorporeal or what that means because your knowledge check sucks <laughs> accurate Freya, not sure if her bow would really do a whole lot of damage. She moves up slightly, uh, 10 feet to get closer to the door, and then she stares menacingly at these creatures and lets off an aura of menace for 30 feet, which is only going to get that closest uh, one right by Air Bear. Sure. Is aura of menace mind-affecting? It does not specify it as mind-affecting. Okay. I feel like I've asked you that before. Mm-hmm. I just never remember. Because uh, it seems like it would be mind-affecting, right? Your yeah, it does. Uh, but it's not mentioned in the text. Sounds good. Next in the order is Quinley. I'm coming here, Bear. Quinley, yeah, Quinley can only see, like, the corner of Air Bear and, uh, like, the furthest south Witchfire. Yeah, visibility very limited on my end because yeah, Matumbe can't see anything either. Quinley is going to run in the room. He's going to see the witch fire that Air Bear is threatening. Perfect. And he can at least get up to it for now. I assume you would actually move over and then diagonal. Yeah, for sure. And he's just going to take one strike at it. Sure. And see what happens. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't have a good beat on this one, so he couldn't like establish a, sh- a spring attack or anything beforehand. So here we go. 
Uh, maybe. This is a plus one silver rapier. I don't know what these creatures do yet, so I don't know if that's effective, but that's a 27. 27 hits. Wonderful. Now, I'm not getting any sneak attack here, but I am doing nine points of damage. Uh, Quinley has the same feeling, and he might uh, express it as well. He just kind of like his blade slides right through, mm -hmm. uh, and I actually need him to make a will save. I neglected to do this with uh, Air Bear, but it doesn't matter because he's already on fire. Hey, I don't think I'm very effective. Uh-oh. <laughs> this Is this a fear effect? No. Okay. Is fire. This, is this not fear? Change a couple letters around. Or mind affecting. No. Okay, great. Uh, 11. 11. Perfect. Uh, Quinley begins to burn as well. Uh, this doesn't damage him, but he is sickened. He is under the effects of fairy fire, and he is now vulnerable to fire. Okay. The melee characters are on fire. <laughs> that's that's all he can do this turn. That's it. Great turn back really just sparkling like he wanted to. Hey, I'm into it. Who's up next? Rune. Rune's up, up next. Yes. Okay. I can see the one directly next to Quinley and Air Bear, and I can also see uh, one quite far away. Normally, I would say Quinley and Air have that one. They do seem to be struggling, but I also know there's multiple others uh, who could potentially come and help them fairly quickly. So Rune is actually going to shoot towards this far uh, witchfire, which is labeled the controlling witchfire. Sure. Um, if you didn't already know, just don't bother rolling the fire damage when you roll damage. I, I got it. I okay. got it. Oh, and first uh, I'm going to swift action, channel the Eye of the Tiger, so I'm good here. And then I'll go ahead and um, first... The Eye one. of the Tiger, you're getting dexterity. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, first one will be the mini shot. 30. Yep. Okay. 23. No. Okay. 16 won't do it, so one hit with the mini shot. Uh, unlike DR, Cluster Shot doesn't do anything against incorporeal creatures, yeah. so it is going to be the entire thing halved. Yep, I understand. 13 plus 24. 37. 37. Oh, I forgot to get my Eclipse dice out. All right, uh, your arrows, like, hit the back wall. It feels like they, you know, the, the, the creature reacts to being hit, but these arrows just sail right through it. Matumbe, you're up. All right, Matumbe can't see any of these creatures yet, so he's going to start moving into the room, and then he's going to move next to Air Bear. That looks like it's going to move through a threatening square, if that provokes. Yes, that will provoke. That's a 27 against touch. Uh, actually, yeah, you hit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 34 points of fire damage, and I need a will save. Right. 22. Meets beats. Ooh, okay. You're not on fire. Before he makes a strike at this creature, he's going to roll a knowledge check. Be religion. Okay. Oh, this is a good one. Would you consider these a monster? Yes. All right, great. 43. 43. Let's see. That's four questions. Okay. Are they undead? Yes. Great. Special defenses. Special defenses are immune to uh, 
ability drain, bleed, critical hits, death effects, disease, energy drain, exhausted, fatigue, fire, mind affecting, non-lethal, paralysis, physical ability damage, poison, precision, sleep, and stunning. They are incorporeal, which is where some of those things come from. Um, So if you were to have a ghost touch weapon, you would be able to crit them. You would be able to do precision damage, uh, but without a ghost touch weapon, you cannot. Uh, Just a reminder, incorporeal means that if you have a magic weapon, it does 50% damage. Uh, If you cast a spell on an incorporeal creature, it has a 50% chance of affecting the creature. Great. I'll just tell Quinley to go home. And then you you know, like stuff like magic missile, like force effects work fully on an incorporeal creature. Mm -hmm. Um, And stuff like channeled positive energy would work. However, if you were trying and target it with like a... um, a cure serious or something that would still have the 50% rider. Great. These seem to have a lot of immunities and resistances and stuff. Oftentimes this is a throwaway, but I feel like we could use a bone here. If this works, they have any weaknesses, any weaknesses. Unfortunately, no, it's oh, a bummer. Okay. thought maybe with the fire thing, we could get them with like cold or some shit. Um, <sighs> I got a fourth question. Does anybody have a burning question that they want me to answer? Well, everything about them is burning. All right. Well, you know, and part of the party. Yeah, actually. Um, I guess I don't. Maybe it, how to negate the burning? Sure. Honestly, that's probably our our most useful thing. If it if it does exist, is there a way to get rid of this vulnerability? Yes. The effect you know, would persist for 10 minutes mm-hmm. on untouched, uh, but it can be ended early by break enchantment, miracle, remove curse, or wish. Ooh, okay, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> didn't prepare any okay. of those today. You, you didn't prepare a wish? Oh, you didn't want to use wish to remove vulnerability to fire, <laughs> sicken, and, uh, and the fairy fire? <laughs> I think that's worth it. Now that Mitsumbe is up in combat, he is going to take a swing with his book. And actually, he's right next to Air Bear, which means that I get my teamwork feet blades above and below. So I am considered to be flanking this enemy. Nice. Uh, I'm going to need it. I don't think even flanking it's going to help. That's a 19. Nope. Nothing doing on a 19. Ooh, it's undead 21. Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, that was another stellar turn, but we learned a lot. Hey, got a lot of knowledge. Yeah, coming. we did. Okay. Next act is Eclipse. It kind of stinks you didn't hit, because then I could catch you on fire. Yeah, I'd love to hit Griffin. I'd love you to be on fire. I, I don't care about that. I just want to actually make progress. This girl is on fire. <laughs> All right, Eclipse is going to spend a point of mental focus uh, and use a standard action to have a ghost touch weapon. Hmm. And then, so that'll last for a solid minute. So that's awesome. From there, I think I'm going to uh, walk in. Um, I can really only get right behind Quinley without provoking or anything. I don't have much movement. Uh, And then 
That's basically a standard action and a move. She can't do much else at this point, but the Lopper can do stuff. Okay. Lopper's first turn in combat. Let's see what happens. Well, so the Lopper is unfortunately ectoplasmic right now. So uh, all of his attacks, yes, are magical, but the difficulty is they're not, they're still just magic, right? Uh, I didn't make him incorporeal, even though, because that takes a full round and that's just, we're not doing that. But why not? I guess as a swift action to do a ferocious mine, uh, where the lopper is going to now be large. You're gonna have to open the um, open the second door or squeeze through. Oh, I could have walked in, I guess, first then. Like I'm not gonna. It, it would make no sense otherwise. Sure. All right. So after getting uh, inside, uh, next to Quinley, casting or uh, not casting, I guess, but swift action, ferocious mine. Uh, this will enlarge me. It just makes me much more ferocious. And now I have a slam. And it's a magical slam. Okay. Natural 20. But I am. You can't crit that. Yep. Yeah. I know. <laughs> cool. So Good job, sucks. Lopper, though. Get it's, some points on the board. I assume you're attacking the one that everyone is around right now. Yeah, just because that's the one I could reach in one turn. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, oh, oh. Horrible damage roll. So I roll 4d8. Mm-hmm. And the, the damage die came out to a full 8 plus 9. So 17 points of damage uh, with 4d8 plus 9. So that's just a bad, bad set of rolls right there. Yes. And that's it. Okay. At the end of round one, you see several other sources of glow. Oh, what? Hmm? The one was summoning or something. Full round action. Alright, fine. <laughs> and before they zap the party, I need you to finish your drinks because we'll see you next week. Oh my gosh! Oh, I knew it. Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Carrying Crown is copyright 2011. Carrying Crown and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Inc. and used with permission.